Okay, this morning, I want to start by uh, showing you a video. All right. It's uh, quite popular, and it's taken over the internet. So, here we go. Mommy, I really like cones. What do you like about corn? I hope Did you think corn wasn't real? And when I cried in the battle, I didn't think. I love corn. Mmm, corn. Do you think everyone should be eating corn? No, not everyone has the life to be the best. Yeah. You just have to try it. Have a nice. What else are your favorite things? I can't allow you games. Hide and seek and double lava monster. Yeah, mostly cold. I mean, there's nothing to say. It's corn! Because corn is awesome! Can you describe corn to someone who's never tasted it before? A big, long, big knobs. It has the juice. It's the part I mostly make to be like the bone. How much do you think corn should cost? Mandela, I hope you really have a corn-tastic day. A corn-tastic day? Do you like corn? No. Have you ever had corn before? No. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know the song to that? I'm not surprised, Brittany. You're in the know. Okay, so what was that video about? Yeah. <laughs> How do you know it was about corn? A couple times? <laughs> I counted actually this morning. Corn. Yeah, it's a, corn. You're exactly right. It's about corn. Well, I mean, there's no corn in that picture now. It's kind of awkward. But it's corn. I counted this morning 20 times. That's once every four seconds the word corn is used in that video. Of course, the video incorporated. Other things, obviously it's about this cute kid. It's a YouTube channel called Recess, Re Recess Therapy. I'm gonna need speech therapy, it seems. It's a YouTube channel called Recess Therapy. I recommend going to watch it. There's a bunch of cute videos like that. It's a YouTube channel. Uh, it's about this guy interviewing kids. And so there's other things, there's other aspects of this video, but it's mostly about corn. And we're, we know that because we are exercising our powers of observation, right? And up until this point in the series, we, we are doing created. Up until this point in the series, we've talked about who we are created to be, right? And so we've looked at that we were created in God's image, that he created us for rest and work and vulnerability. We've talked a lot about who he has created us to be, but we haven't answered perhaps the most important question why are we created at all? I would say that's a pretty important question to the series. We've, we've seen who we are created to be, but why are we created? And so I've compiled a few verses. Go ahead and, and turn with me to Genesis. Uh, and we're going to read a few verses here. A survey, so to speak, of what is said in the first three chapters of Genesis. And we've looked at some of these verses already in the series, but it's important for us to read these because 
is going to help us understand why we were created. We understand who we are created to be, but why are we created? And that also informs our identity here. So uh, you can see all the references here. I'll tell you where I am as we read. We'll start in Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. All right, go ahead and skip to verse 26, chapter 1. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. All right, look at chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. By the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all of his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all of his work, which God had created and made. All right, look at verses 8 and 9 of chapter 2. Then the Lord God planted a garden towards the east in Eden, and there he placed a man whom he had formed. Out of the ground the Lord caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Okay, look at chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? All right, so using our powers of observation, which I know you guys can, can do because we just talked about the corn video. What would you guys say is the main focus of these verses in the first three chapters of Genesis? God! That's right! Aaron, gold star! Have a god day. day. What? It's just a pun about God. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't sound right. Yeah. <laughs> god is the common theme that binds everything we just read together. Right? Yes, there are other important things mentioned in these verses. The creation of light, the creation of people, the creation of the garden, so on and so forth. But at the center of it all, at the center of every event and every part of this story, is God. You may like to know that God is mentioned 47 times in the first three chapters of Genesis. And his personal name, Yahweh, is mentioned 20 times in the first three chapters. Right? For those of you who are not good at math, that is 67 times in total. Uh, just so you know, when you see LORD in all capitals, L-O-R-D in all capitals, in the Old Testament, that is the name Yahweh. yod Hey vav Hey are the Jewish letters. Um, and the reason it's LORD all capital is because that comes from the Jew- Jewish tradition where they were trying not to take the Lord's name in vain. Um, so that's where we get that tradition today. But when you see Lord, all caps, it's Yahweh. So his name is mentioned 20 times. God is mentioned uh, 47 times. And then I looked up how many times people are mentioned in the first three chapters. And I combined 
uh, Adam, Eve, man, woman, male, and female. Every mention of those words. And it was 43 times. Which is a significant number, for sure. Which means it's a main focus of the story. And that's what we've seen over the last four weeks. Is that people are very important to the first three chapters. But they are a smaller piece of the puzzle than God. And we take a survey of the whole Bible. God and Lord are mentioned a total of 12,300 times. And people are, are only mentioned 5,020 times. An even smaller percentage by comparison to the first three chapters of Genesis. So God is by far the largest subject matter in Scripture. It is more than people. He's mentioned more than people or promises or covenants or Israel or Jerusalem or salvation or anything else you could think of. He only comes less than indefinite articles, right? I mean, there are obviously like conjunctions and the and all those things. Obviously, those words are more in Scripture than God. But as far as like proper nouns, God is the most talked about thing in Scripture. God is the focal point. And I'm pointing all of this out to you. I've gone through the labor of doing this because it tells us why we're created. We're not at the center of the story. God is. We are created for God. I think more specifically, we are created for God's glory. And what does that mean? What does it mean to glorify God? Well, it means to acknowledge God's greatness. It means to acknowledge his splendor, to give him dignity and honor and praise. Because we know that he alone deserves it and is worthy of worship. After all, he caused everything that we read in Genesis, right? There is no life without him. There is no us without him. And there is strong evidence that in Scripture that conforms to this idea that everything created, not just us, but everything that is created is supposed to glorify God. I have a few verses here I want you to look at. Isaiah 43, 7. Everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even whom I have made. Psalm 19, 1. The heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Psalm 8, 1. O Lord, our Lord. That's Yahweh, our Lord. One capital, one's lowercase. Yahweh, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. And then Paul uses this same kind of thought to prove um, that God's teachings are kind of directly from nature. You can kind of see who God is by what he's created. In Romans uh, chapter 1, 20 through 21, he says, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that we are without excuse, so that they, excuse me, are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations, and their foolish heart was darkened. And then we see this idea again that glory is God's primary concern. Isaiah 42, 8 says, I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. Right? God wants everybody to know who he is. That is very, 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 very important to him. I did a whole series on, or a whole message on God's holiness. 
I don't even remember when. Sometime before now. If you want to know more about it, you can go find it on our podcast or our website. That really dives into that idea. So I think a part of being created in God's image, which we looked at a few weeks ago, is to reflect him. And by doing that, we're giving him glory. Like we are created in God's image. And we see that part of God in other people. And our primary task as Christians is not to say, hey, come and follow me. It's not to say, hey, look at what I'm a part of. It's great. It's to say, look at God. And it's to point them back to the creator. The problem is that people very easily become self-focused. And we're born with this disposition to focus on ourselves and our feelings and our thoughts and our opinions and our lives. And that makes a little bit of sense because the only world we see comes through our eyeballs and processed by our brain. So it's natural. It's natural for us to look at anything and see ourselves in it and what we think about it. So when we read scripture and we see ourselves in it, that's okay. In fact, I think that's a good thing to see ourselves, as we were talking about in Sunday school, to see ourselves reflected back from scripture. But we need to remember that the Bible isn't written by people and for people. Right? You can go read a Dr. Seuss book if you want a book written by people and for people. In fact, the Bible is a record of who God is. What he has said. What he has done. What he has worked out. What he plans to do. And how we fit into that story. The Bible is a book where God is telling us about himself. Right? And we happen to learn about ourselves through that too. And help us ground us even deeper in this idea. Turn with me to Psalm 100. It's short. We're, not, we're reading the whole thing, but it's only five, five verses. Okay? And there's some really important and good points made from this short psalm. It says this. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that I, the Lord, and that's Yahweh there, know that I, Yahweh himself, is God. It is he who has made us, and we, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name, for Yahweh is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. Here the psalmist makes sure that our attitudes and understandings are properly adjusted to our reality. That is, it is God who made us. We do not currently or have ever made ourselves. Okay? Even the most successful people in history are not self-made people. Contrary to our idiom to be a self-made man or woman, right? We would not be alive without God. Even the most successful people have God to thank for everything because they wouldn't even be alive without him. God both creates us and sustains us. And as a proper response to this knowledge, that was Psalms, this is what Psalms 100 is all about. As a proper response to that knowledge, we are to worship, serve, and remember God. 
Worship is talked about six different times in these five verses in different ways. And we are called to serve with gladness is another thing that we're supposed to be doing. And the psalmist even reminds us, leaves us with a few things to remember at the end, that God is everlasting, that he is good. He is faithful to all generations. So as a little challenge this week, I want you to try and memorize Psalm 100. How great would it be for us to commit to memory such a short but powerful set of words? And then you can say fairly, I've memorized a whole chapter of the Bible this week. It's technically a psalm, but you know, you can get away with saying that, I think. It's fair. How powerful would it be if we all invoke these words into reality in our lives? I think we would be better at living out our purpose, which is showing God's glory to the world. And not only that, but showing God's glory from us individually. By showing him that we actually care about his words and his book. Showing him that and inspires joy in us. And God is very clear. Lots of times in Scripture is that he loves those who love his words. So maybe take some time and try to memorize that this week. Today's message is short and sweet. Okay? It's a simple idea. We are created. Everything is created for God's glory. So I want to finish today by summarizing our series and today uh, with a few highlights for us to internalize on who we are, who God has made us to be. Number one, first of all, we are designed in God's image. This truth reminds us that every person has inherent value strictly based on the fact that they are made in God's image. That cannot be taken away. We are reflections of God, a masterpiece of his creation. And we see that in other people. And we should see that in ourselves. There is a beauty in all of us that no sin, nothing in this world can take away because we are created in God's image. We are designed for rest. We all know that we need rest. We all sleep. But the kind of rest that God wants us to have is vital not just to our physical health, but to our spiritual lives as well. Our rest should be intentional. It should allow us to spend time with God, to remember God, to to meditate in God. That's the original uh, purpose of the Sabbath. And while we aren't subject in law to that Sabbath keeping anymore, we can learn from its lessons. We can stop the business of our lives to spend time with God and to show him that he is a priority to us. And to remind us that he is actually a priority to us, right? We need that reminder too sometimes. Like, oh yeah, I am a Christian. I really do value God and I really want to make my life around him. Rest helps us do that. We are designed to work. God created us as caretakers and creatives. And he gave us this vast world with amazing resources to have dominion over. He put us in charge. I can't believe it, but he did. And remember that the command to work, the command to produce, came before the curse. So work is not a result of the curse, although it has been affected negatively by sin, like everything else. We are called to work hard for the Lord, because it is him who we are serving. And he is the one who's going to pay us in the end. 
We are also designed for vulnerability. Really, that is just trust and relationship and transparency. God originally created us with complete transparency between us and him. And he designed people for deep, meaningful relationships. He did not design us to be singular beings. We need each other, and we need God. And there's a divide naturally now between us and God. One that is based on shame and fear. But because of Jesus, this is what we learned last week. Because of Jesus, we can truly live in safety and vulnerability with God and others. And it was also a reminder that in a future day, we will be able to walk with God like Adam and Eve did in the garden. That's what we're getting back to. And lastly, we are created for God's glory. We're designed for his glory. I want us to realize that we are not our own people. Right? You may be sitting in your seat right now and you can just touch your hands, feel your knees, right? You can rub your own shoulders, right? You are your person, sure, but you're not your own person. We are created. Someone made us. And as we saw today, we are not the focus of the story. The world literally doesn't revolve around you. The, the, the earth doesn't, it's not even in the center of anything. Our sun's not even in the center of anything. Our, our galaxy, our universe is not even the center of everything. God is. And we are a part of what he is doing. I believe it is vital for us to know who we are. And in, in this life, to know who we are, who God has created us to be, is going to give us a liberty and a freedom. It's, it's not caging us, but it's going to allow us to flourish, to live life the way that God wanted us to live life. A life with purpose and direction, which I do not think, honestly, is possible through any other means. And I believe that we can only truly be joyful and content when we align ourselves with the way that God wants us to be. We are not forcing God to meet our standards. He is calling us to meet his and who he's created us to be. So carry that with you, not just this week, but for the rest of your lives. I'm sure I will remind you guys of it at some point again, because I'm going to need a reminder of it again. And remember that our little challenge to memorize Psalm 100, you're not off the hook. I still remember it. I want you guys to as well. So hopefully this truth is going to bear a lot of fruit in your lives. And I hope you enjoyed the series looking at who we're created to be. Please pray with me this morning. God, I thank you for your illuminating scriptures. For the book that you've given us to learn who you are and who you made us to be and what you're doing in this world. I just pray that we ever move closer to the ideal of your son. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.